Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your life coach. In fact, your Christmas coach, your holiday guide on the side. We're going to teach you how to get some cheer. Today, we're going to cheerify you, cheer you up, give you a little bit of joy, comfort even. Teach you how to have fun. We got a great crew on board. Uh, Executive producer Merritt Meekham is gone. She's left the building. And the state. Like Elvis and the state. She's up uh, congealing. Is that the word? (laughs) Freezing, turning into a solid. It sounds like jello or something. Yeah. She's in Idaho. Cold up there. It's It's chilly. It's crazy. It took me an hour and a half to drive normally what is a 20-minute drive today because of a snowstorm. It was that Salt Lake bad. City. Yes. Yes. And I only hit two cars. <laughs> so, they didn't seem to mind. So no, you no. hardly could tell because everyone was spinning. Salt Lake Airport, all the flights are canceled. I know. Really? Oh, Merry all Christmas. All the college students oh, trying to go home. I'm just flying out tomorrow. That <laughs> makes me feel great. It'll be. I think it's supposed to snow all day today. Good. So they'll have it cleared up by tomorrow. Mm. This is good news. Happy holidays to everybody. Today's show is going to be a fun show because uh, we're going to learn about every holiday. You've heard of Kwanzaa, right? You've heard of Hanukkah, Christmas. What if all of a sudden you had an aunt that that celebrated Hanukkah and one that celebrated Kwanzaa and one that celebrated Bodhi Day? We'll talk about that, I think. And the Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe and Christmas. And what if you had to get all of that done in this holiday season? Uh, I would give up, and I would find a new family, and I would celebrate Christmas with them. <laughs> that's right, but we always say Christmas, and then but that's just kind of the Christian holiday, right? And then there's other holidays. That so, is a bit exclusive for me yeah. to say. Well, and it's hard because when we went down the list, these some of these are very um, rare, even strange. I've never even heard. Have you ever heard of Ashura? Uh, uh, Ashura. How do you spell that? I think it's A S S U R A. Is that it? Um, A-S-H-U-R-A. A-S-H-U-R-A. It's, I think I recognize it. Probably heard it in what the song. What is that, Hannah Montana? Um, Ashura is the 10th day of the first month in the Islamic calendar. And then Sunnis remember the Prophet Muhammad fasted in solidarity and was all cool. So they celebrate it. Sounds celebrate good. It. See, we got a lot of learning to do. Plus, we want to just talk about, you know, how to show more respect, more love. Uh, Jessica Black, also known as Back in Black, and she's here today. Jess, you're you're feeling you're. What are you doing? What are you you're you're trying to get a get used to us? Yeah, you used to be on the show. Yeah, until the accident. I'm I'm recovering. The uh-huh. brain damage takes time. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, that went far very fast. <laughs> Sorry. Brain damage. Jokes yeah, again, are not by the funny. way, that was a comment by Bryce James Tobin. Who? This is your last day. This is my last show. So you thought on your last show? I think I'll just throw Jessica Black under the bus. I yeah. I'm considering doing lots of things on my last day on the, on are the you? show. But I'm uh, not going to do most of them because I don't want to you know make everyone's life terrible. Thank you. Thank hour. you. Thank just you. A little bit terrible. It's it's, uh, it's two hours. Jess, did, they, did you think it was a half-hour show? It's a two-hour show. <laughs> I thought no one heard that, so that's I was no, just going to roll that's all right. on by. That's all right. I just want to make sure you know <laughs> you're here for, for two more hours. Thanks for calling me out, Matt. <laughs> Have you noticed there's one person that's very quiet right now? He hasn't said a word. His name? Skyboy. 
Also, Groovy Man, Flash, Red Top. I've always wanted to play this hotkey and I've never had a chance, so... You know, I figured I didn't know we had this hotkey. Yeah, hot it's key. kind of a cool one, huh? You know, this, of all of our keys, this is the hottest hotkey. This key. is the hottest hotkey. Do you feel it? Do you guys feel it? You I feel really it. Feel it. Just feels it. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, that was a little good Why is that your hotkey? I didn't say it was my hotkey. That's just one of well, no, but Of all the hotkeys you could have chosen, you could have done crickets. I could have done crickets. I could have done an explosion or a hallelujah. Yeah, but you went with the... Uh, went with the... What do we call that? Just the hot, sultry music. Yeah. That's wow. that's the music that the sexy sax man plays. Really? If you've seen those YouTube videos. I haven't. You should look up those YouTube well, videos. Well, a lot of times I'm just reading. You know, really? scripture, stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know what you do all night, but apparently... YouTube. It involves like every other sultry, <laughs> sexy saxophone Do you guys music. all know the sexy sax no, man? No, I don't. I think Bryce, you're alone on that one. You guys really don't know those? No. Um, Sky, good. this is your last day, too. This is my last day. What are you feeling as you, as you dig deep into your heart, knowing this is the last time you'll get to look over that board and into my Ooh. greenish eyes? Joy. Keep going. Happiness. Yep. Satisfaction. Relief. R- relief. Relief. What do you mean by that? Just... Well, when I've worked with you, it felt like there's this huge burden on my shoulder, and it feels like it's just all being lifted off. Was that Bryce? No, it was you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big burden. Not Oh, big yeah. burden. <laughs> oh, I'm going to miss you. Yeah. I'm going to miss you, but no, you we, know what? we can still like, text and Skype. No, every... probably not. We do that now a lot. Not really. I think we can keep it up. I don't think so. Really? Actually, when you Skype me, just Where's so you know, <laughs> you're, not, you're not actually Skyping me. I don't know if you know that. When you're Skyping, my... My iPad, it you notice, it's never me. You're, you're, it's not me that answers you. It's my son. Oh, my eight year old. Your eight year old. Yeah, he thinks you're fantastic. I thought you were just talking in a different voice because mm-hmm. you didn't want spies to nope. listen in on our conversation. No. And so, don't when you leave, don't Skype. FaceTime. Let's just, FaceTime. No, no. <laughs> let's not even FaceTime. Let's just. Email. Let's just walk away. Facebook. Just walk away. <laughs> like a band-aid. Like a band-aid. Just rip can we, it off. Can you like walk away like slowly like in a movie with like yeah. music playing? Yeah. Play that great sax song we'll when, play we, that when we leave. When we leave. Um, no, it's going to be sad. It's going to be hard to not have you guys. For real. But, you know, I won't be here for two weeks. So <laughs> I'm going to kick back, relax. I'll probably go to the hot tub and just relax. And then when I come back, New Year... I probably won't even remember you were here. Bam. Black is back. You won't even remember him. Jess is here. Jess is <laughs> taking someone's place. <laughs> and she just, yeah. Back in black. It's got to, you got to say it like that. Oh, okay. It's higher. That All needs right. to be a hot key. Will you write that on your notes before we leave? Yeah, writing. I like that, yeah. <laughs> right. You just you were air writing. You didn't even write it down. Oh, my heavens. This is going to be the longest two hours of my life. Um, so, great show. Now, here's the deal. There's some crazy traditions by the way, again, let's do a recap. Where are you all going for Christmas? I'm going to Iowa slash Chicago. Okay. You know they're in separate places. I do. Okay. So how are we <laughs> slashing them? Uh, first going to Iowa, then going to Chicago. Uh, is that an, was that one flight? Is that a layover? What is I'm that? I'm going to spend some time in Iowa and uh-huh. then spend some time in Chicago. What's in Chicago? My parents fi- or my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary. Cute. Congrats. That is great. What are they, What's their name? Uh, Sonia and Doyle. Doyle and Sonia. Sonia and Doyle. Hanson. Oh, that sounds yeah. cute. Doyle. Doyle and Sonia, happy 50th anniversary. High five on dealing with each other for 50 years. Let's hope for 50 more. That's right. right. And let's even hope that your grandson makes it 
five more years. How was your 50th, Matt? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Your 50th wedding anniversary? Was that good? Um, you know, I'm not, I haven't been married 50 years. What? <laughs> I thought you were a doctor. How old are you? I am a doctor. How was your, how was, hey, Scott, how was your 50th year in college? <laughs> it was, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I hear the 60th is even better. Hey, speaking of college, guess what? I don't have. You're done. I don't have college. Are you done with everything? Pretty much. As long as I don't like get a grade back on one of my tests, that's absolutely atrocious. Well, what if you do? Then you're messed. Well, if I do, I'm going to tell. The, I'm going to email the professor. I'm going to beg and beg and beg. Why? Why didn't you proactively just do better? Because I'm at the end. You don't try hard at the end. You're done. Man. You You've been done about a year. Uh, I I mean, I think I checked out about 19. So I've just sort of. I don't know where I am, really. This is, uh, you don't, because these kids, I point to Hannah and Jessica, they have to still go to school. Don't compare your middle with my end, okay? What? Don't don't compare your middle with my <laughs> my end. I only have one more semester. You do? Uh, let's talk about Jessica for a second, because Jessica is engagged to be marred. <laughs> You're engaged. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, sorry. Use that thing called a microphone. I just get so excited, I, I lose my head. What's his name? Dallin Littlefield. Dallin Littlefield. You'll be Jessica Littlefield. Yes. Jessica so Black Littlefield. Let's say it this way. Jessica Black Littlefield. Yeah, a lot of adjectives in there. It's That's kind a of a lot. tongue twister. <laughs> uh, and he's cute? Yes. And uh, when's, the mer- when's the wedding? January 18th. 30 days. 30 days from yesterday. Yes. I saw them snuggling today. What did that it's look true. like? I feel like it's okay if we touch a lot because we're engaged. Is that bad? Well, so bad. I was walking through a building and they were. So gross. What were they doing? Maybe they were just trying to stay warm. One of those it's people. been very cold today. Yeah, they were very close to each other for sure. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you yell something like, hey! You're such a tattletale. I, I was just what? like, <laughs> what the heck? Hey. <laughs> Jessica. I didn't make everyone feel awkward, did I? He it had was, my arm around it me. Was super he had awkward. my arm around you. <laughs> he had his arm around you. No, I. He she, was helping you. Her, she, he had her arm around her. What is what she said? Okay, really? yeah. no. Some quantum physics okay. stuff going he on there. He had his arm around me. Yeah. Clarification. It um, was innocent. <laughs> where'd you meet, Mister Littlefield? Um, are they calling me Mister Littlefield? Um, we met on a school bus in seventh grade. Creepy. <laughs> really? That's cute. Did you really? Yeah. So you've known him since seventh grade. Yep. Long time. Wow. Yeah. And it's it's you're actually gonna marry him. Yes. Man. Gonna marry him. That's neat. Did you yeah. date him since seventh grade? Yeah. We started dating our junior year of high school and then he went on a mission and he just got back. Wow. Did you know that I dated my high school sweetheart? Yes. Uh huh. You're you pulled me through those two yeah. years. And then I divorced nothing. her three years later. Drives False. Me crazy. You <laughs> have kidding. fifty no, years of marriage. Way. You just said that. No, I'm just I married my high school sweetheart, and you know what? It worked. Preschool sweetheart. I, I married my preschool sweetheart. Oh dang it! You I didn't beat. see her from preschool. I didn't know her for about fifteen years in between. Though. Interesting fact: social psychology just took an exam. They had who stays married the longest. Who is it? Who doesn't get divorced? And it's people who got married over twenty and who have known each other yeah. for a long time. Right. Small towns, 
Lots in common. White trashish. <laughs> Actually, it was like almost us. everything in Grantsville. I'm not Double kidding. Okay. Everywhere. Yeah. I'm I get not, it. I get it, Jess. I'm not saying Grantsville is white trash. I'm just saying that no. everything on that list no. Grantsville had. But see, it's you. You. So yours will work fine. And yours will too. It better. <laughs> it's Yay on the marriage. radio. Fifty more, right? <laughs> I'm so glad. You're How long have here. you been married? Twenty three years. Okay. Twenty three years in February. <sighs> 25 is coming up. That's a big excuse to go. That's a big, huge one. We're, t- we're going on a cruise in January. Wait, when is that? Because that's about when I'm going to be on my cruise. And that would be weird. It would be we really weird. And it actually might be that For way. For my honeymoon. Because <laughs> I made sure my cruise was your cruise. No. I wanted, to have, I wanted to be your, your honeymoon coach. Yeah, that would be... I could bring you in, we If could I talk. saw you on the cruise ship after that my honeymoon, great... <laughs> I would just jump we ship. we sit at your They'd table. Man overboard. <laughs> Uh, I actually don't know when I'm leaving. I'm blushing. It's <laughs> it's sometime tenth to like the twentieth. Okay, good because mine's the twentieth. To... Are you getting in? Because I'm getting in cruise shape right now. Are you? Oh, I thought about that. I was gonna. This yeah. is bad. People will judge me. Don't well, judge don't, me, people. No, no one judges here. Uh, except Brent. judge away. Okay, well, Bryce I was will probably thinking do a rant on of this. getting like a tanning pass. So oh yeah. I don't like oh, for sure. Overburn. I no. wanna... hey, hey, you want you want to know what my uh, grandfather says about that? What? My grandfather, the doctor. The one, oh, yeah, no. the dermatologist. No, I don't want to know. No, he's he's a radiologist, but oh. he says perfect. He says pay for the tan, get skin cancer for free. Oh, saw that coming a yeah. mile away. Did you? <laughs> no, that man has a sense I'm of hearing humor. echoes from everyone listening right now. There's They're nothing, all like, no. it's true. Don't hey, go. But hey, hey, while you're at it, why don't you just smoke about fifty pack of cigarettes <laughs> too a day? We all die, right? It's all carcinogenic. We're all on our way to the coffin. Uh, yeah, you want to tan, though, because you don't want to get burnt. Because I had a friend that got a major sunburn on the first day of his honeymoon. Oh, And worse. let's just say there was not a lot of honey going on. <laughs> that, that added a complication to the uh, <laughs> He's got situation. Skin like, yeah, totally. And he has skin like Skyboy. You know, the translucent kind that you can see the heart beating through it. Yeah, you can see each of his blood like vessels mm-hmm. pulse. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. It kind of looks like a gecko. <laughs> That's it. He's a gecko. No, Sky's cute. Well, what are you doing? Are you working out? Oh, I yeah. haven't been working out. It's Christmas. No, I lose I, well, track yeah. as soon as I see a cu- cupcake. I just run. I run. You, yeah. We had cupcakes here the other day, too. There's there sugar go. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a video game. I can only eat 1,740 calories a day. Unless That's I exercise. Not but, That's not bad. But I usually end up eating about 1,400. No, so you're doing good. Actually, I fall asleep and have 1400? seizures. Oh, I know because uh, I think I'm not, not eating lot. enough. You might. Have well, I, a I actually problem. eat about two thousand, but then I exercise like four hundred and fifty calories off. Okay, see, and I don't exercise, and I just eat less. You know what? Just you you want to get a lot of people <laughs> getting married it. get in what's called honeymoon shape. I am just getting married. I'm getting in cruise shape. You ought to probably just get in honeymoon shape. I um. I lost a lot of weight over the summer. You did? Like 15 pounds. Yeah. So I feel like I'm done. You're fine. <laughs> no, you are. You're I did it. Fine. I'm done. No yeah. more ever. <laughs> that's very That good. was fun for a little while. Well, and and really, I feel like I'm know comfortable know with myself. That's what the matters, key, right? The key, yes. Confidence. It doesn't matter what Sky says to you or me <laughs> about my weight. Behind me. I'm sure he hasn't said anything to no. me, but he behind He says it about back. me. Oh, okay. He would never be rude to you because you're replacing him. <laughs> <laughs> and he thought he was irreplaceable. You thought you were irreplaceable, huh? I am irreplaceable. Actually, I can't do it. You he can't. Does. You can't replace this hair. 
Look at that. Okay, that too. <laughs> That's a great point. Except I bet I could if I just dropped by McDonald's <laughs> and checked their back storeroom. <laughs> I'll guarantee I could find it. <laughs> anyway, I had to get that in there. Okay, so on the show today, we're talking holidays. And um, our own Hannah Montana has done a ton of research about the holidays. So we're going to come back. And somewhere she's going to give us the tradition. No, Jessica's done the research all day long. We're giving you different ideas and tools, not tools even. Inf- useful information. They're giving us useful information. We are going to have tools from our guests later on. Jessica's going to talk about traditions worldwide from the holidays. Hannah Montana, a little bit later, has got um, what for us? Whether or not kids should believe in Santa Claus. Oh, for sure. How could you not? Cute little chubby guy. <laughs> Shut it. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, holiday special the grand finale show for two of our great uh, members of the team, Skyboy Hanson members. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I'd say. Yep, yep. The two best members in their own <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> and uh, who will uh, be replaced tomorrow? Um, even Sky. Just a little point out there. Uh, that bumper music when we're coming back. Sky on his last show just played the wrong bumper music. That will be the last chance. That you'll get to do that, and you played the wrong music. Wrong music. Hmm. Guess you're not the greatest in the world. I just wanted to mix it up. <laughs> Mixed, indeed. You've been mixing it up for years. Hey, uh, Jaime. That's your real name? Uh, nope. Nope. James. Mean. Jimmy. Jimmy. Bryce Jimmy Tobin, <laughs> this uh, who's been ranting forever. In fact, won an Academy Award for one of his rants. I, I won a Utah Broadcasting Association Award. Okay, is there a difference? They're yes, very similar. It's not an Emmy. A UB, you are our, our only award-winning. Once I leave, if you call it award-winning, I will sue you. Well, the, no, the show is award-winning. Nope, nope, I am. You are, but you did your rant that won the award. You were you were paid and compensated by this show to do that. You were under our employ. Uh, okay, sure. Whew, that was hard. <laughs> um, this is your last rant. So this, this is, is this is the magnum nope. opus. No, nope, nope, nope. Please don't call it that. <laughs> what, what do you feel good about this one? This is it. This one's this one's good. I like it. Uh, are we going to cry? Uh, no, you will not cry. What is this one about? This is about. Uh, People seem to think that you can only celebrate one thing at one time, but sometimes you might inadvertently celebrate everything. Yeah, one party could be 12. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. We really need to be okay with the idea of simultaneous celebrations. Think about it. There's so many people in so many places that have been making traditions for so many years. So by celebrating just about anything at any point in time, you might be celebrating something you never intended on supporting. And you know what? That's okay. When it comes to playing the I only celebrate one thing on Christmas game, the only winning move is to not play. But let's say you don't go to work on the 25th. By doing this, you're celebrating Christmas, of course, but you're also celebrating the festival of the birth of the Invincible Sun, implemented by 
by the Emperor Aurelian in 274, as well as Saturnalia, the Roman festival celebrating Saturn. How pagan of you. Or have you been singing the 12 Days of Christmas or watching a really cheesy 12 Days of Christmas movie marathon? You're inadvertently celebrating the Nordic Viking Yule Log Festival that lasted, you guessed it, 12 days. There's Santa Claus, who has more origin stories than an X-Men character. I'm not even going to get into him, but if you involve Santa, you're pretty much invoking any and every possible religion, people, and festival. But at the same time, this makes perfect sense because who doesn't love a jolly fat man that gives you free stuff? I absolutely support this kind of thing. Do you stick a tree in your house? That's a bit English, but mostly a German tradition. Using holly also falls into this category. Or what if you insist on saying happy holidays instead of something else? Well, let's break that word down. Holiday comes from the word holy day, and holy is religious. It's probably the most religious thing you can say. So my point is, don't get all wrapped up. (laughs) Get it wrapped up because Christmas? Don't get all wrapped up in what we're celebrating this year versus the next year. By existing during this time of year, you're celebrating something. And it might be something you aren't entirely comfortable with. But don't worry, life isn't meant to be comfortable. So just take work off and give the people you like some free stuff. It's not going to kill you. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Um, there it is. That's it. The grand finale. That's all there is to it. The magnum opus. That makes it sound like I put a whole lot of effort into it. The minimum opus. <laughs> the bare minimum opus. I like uh, that. I can good. get behind that. Yeah. It was a minute. It ran a minute and 55 seconds. Yeah. So it almost didn't even make minimum. Almost. Okay, bare so. minimum. And Sky just sits there. Judging. Judging. I can hardly wait to see what Sky's minimum opus will be. Oh, sorry. That was his career. You're not saying that. Uh, no, he's not. He's got nothing. <laughs> he's being he's saying nothing. Um, I, was, I was, well, never mind. Did you learn? Tell me, Sky, tell me one thing you learned out of his bit. I learned that the person who he called jolly and fat <laughs> no, is not so jolly and fat. No, he's fat, but he's a little bit stingy and he doesn't give free things away. Do not call people names that are in your family they're not in my family not yet matt's got some sons you got some sisters <laughs> um, this is true. that may happen <laughs> so here's the deal uh what'd you call it there was a funny name we had for that what was the name of your bit simultaneous celebrations simultaneous celebrations they're everywhere we're always you're always going to run into something like we always have like oh here's talk like a pirate day which is a bit silly but there's also stuff like uh, there's all sorts of celebrations. Well, all yeah. Of, all sorts of stuff going on. Weird tradition. It's almost like we, we make up these traditions and s- stuff. Here's the deal, though. We always see it through our lens, our yes. lens. I see it through my holiday lens. So I, when I think of holidays, I'm thinking Christmas. It's, it seems like the last half of December I refer to as Christmas. Right. Not in a religious sense. Just that is that time period. That's Christmas. I don't like New Year's. I don't even, New Year's is like Christmas part two, sort of. Like, yeah, you just had a celebration. Here's another one. And you have to be sensitive. You can still love your holiday and celebrate it. You just don't have to become mean about it and mad that there's a Kwanzaa instead of a Christmas. Yeah, don't let your holiday ruin someone else's holiday. It's really interesting because I I even notice a lot. Like, we always say, Merry Christmas. And if you're saying that to a Jewish person, that could be offensive. And yet... They're always sweet. And, and happy Hanukkah. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. That's cool. I just like, I like that we, and it doesn't have to be about political correctness. It's about respecting that people have views and their views matter. And even if you don't understand them, they matter to them. 
And that makes it important. And that's what we should be celebrating right there. So that's what we're going to talk about on the show. When we come back from the break, we have a wonderful guest that's going to be joining us. Tony Bernard's going to be uh, with us, helping us to uh, understand, you know, some of the holidays, how to kind of manage some of the nuances around a holiday season when we're all celebrating uh, differently. How do we keep conflict out of some of these holiday situations? Tony Bernard will be joining us, law professor at University of California and uh, an author and just a good friend of the show. So this is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we are giving you some tools about uh, conflicts and understanding the differences that come around at this time of year. You know, so many different holidays, so little insight and understanding into uh, other people. We get kind of locked in our own little culture. Fine, that's fine. Do what you want. But, you know, it's a big world. And in the big world, there's a lot of things we can understand and maybe if we understood each other a little bit more, we might be able to respect each other a little bit more. Maybe even recognize that all of these different celebrations probably share a lot of things in common, um, as well as a lot of principles as well. So we wanted on the show today to, to talk to somebody that could help us try to figure out how to minimize the conflict during the season and then also even understand better some of the uh, you know, the differences that come up. We decided who better to do it than Tony Bernard. Um, Tony is was is a law professor at University of Cal Davis. She served six years as the law school's dean of students and then was forced to retire due to a chronic illness. She's the author of a book, How to Be Sick, a Buddhist-inspired guide for the chronically ill and their caregivers. She has won two Nautilus Book Awards, a gold medal in self-help psychology, and a silver medal in memoir. She's also a blogger on the popular uh, blog Psychology Today, where she wrote an article called Turning Straw into Gold, which is, I believe, how we found her. You can find more about our guest, Tony, at TonyBernard.com. Tony is spelled T-O-N-I, Bernard, B-E-R-N-H-A-R-D.com. Tony, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you on board with us today. Um, you know, this is, to me, fascinating. You, you're you a practicing Buddhist. Is that right, Tony? Yes, and so I am. when yeah. somebody comes up and and says, hey, Merry Christmas, Tony, are yes. you going to be, does that offend you at all? No, not at all. It's not like we have to pick sides or even pick holidays. You can still understand what's happening at Christmas, and even participate to a point. Well, you know, I've, I'm uh, in my 60s, and so over the many decades of my life, I've celebrated lots of holidays. I've yeah. celebrated Hanukkah because I was born into a Jewish family, and then I celebrated Christmas in grand style when I got married because my husband's family uh, is Christian. Uh-huh. And then about 20 years ago, my husband and I took up Buddhist practice, which I, I will say I don't find to be in conflict with any other religion. It's really more of a, a spiritual life 
practice. Mm-hmm. So there are many people who are... We have a friend who's um, a practicing Jew who also teaches Buddhist principles. So sure. There's a lot of overlap between religions and a lot of common ground. And so uh, when someone says Merry Christmas to me, I'm very glad to be wished that. Yes, yes. And, 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 and you also, you even probably have memories from each and every one of these holidays, and you've been able to find good. That's what I think is so powerful is there's going to be good in all of these traditions. There's going to be positive things. And it's fascinating to me, too, Tony, because you're a law professor. Well, I was. I, I had to retire, but I, I was a law professor for 20 years. Yeah. So when I, that was my professional life, yeah. It's interesting. Um, so a law professor that also understands and appreciates these different approaches, what do you think it is about the, co- the conflict? Because sometimes it does arise, arise, and you can see some people get very frustrated that they might be losing their Christmas because other holidays are trying to negate it and, or, I mean, and call it holidays instead of Christmas. And um, right. when, when you see all of that, what do you think? What is it about the conflict? And is there one? Well, the conflict, as I see it, is between people, yeah. not between the religions. Because, you know, if you... Um, all religions at the highest level meet. They meet in terms of uh, believing in the sacredness of life and in the value of caring for one another and being generous. All great religious leaders say that that's the highest form of spiritual practice. So the conflicts occur because people have been raised to to engage in particular traditions and particular rituals, and they feel threatened Mm -hmm. um, when they meet people who maybe don't celebrate that way, instead of being able to be happy for them. Right. We become attached to our own traditions, and we think they're right and others are wrong, and I think we'd all really do well to to think in terms of inclusion instead of exclusion when it comes to the holidays. Because, you know, they seem to be multiplying. Right, I, I know. Growing up. <laughs> I know. They're growing. <laughs> yeah. When I was growing up, there was no Kwanzaa. Yeah. And now a lot of people celebrate the winter solstice yeah. with various ceremonies. And so... Um, I don't I don't see a reason to not welcome them all. Now, that said, I don't think anyone should engage in rituals or traditions that make them feel uncomfortable. Right. There's no obligation for someone who's not Jewish to light Hanukkah candles. Yeah. But I guess I would hope that before someone came to that decision they would be open to talking to a Jewish friend about Hanukkah and why do you celebrate it and what does it mean to you to light the candles. And Because I think more often than not, if you 
talk to someone else about their religious beliefs and their religious practices and what holidays mean to them, you're going to find more common ground Mm -hmm. than not. Yeah, it seems like if you just go back to you know some of the thought leaders that are that are so um that are mentioned and celebrated and revered and worshiped in all of these religions a Christ a Buddha um mm-hmm. Muhammad you, you would see that they could probably all get together and talk and agree yeah. on all things probably yeah. You're, yeah. I think you're right actually um a wonderful um a, a woman who was, she's died, but she was a, um, a very po- well-known Buddhist teacher who wrote a book in which she lined up um, writings. Well, the Buddha, neither Jesus nor the Buddha wrote down right. what they were saying. Other people wrote them down later. But she lined up what each of them said next to each other in columns. Mm. And they pretty much said the same thing. Yeah. This is a brotherhood, I guess today we'd say brotherhood and sisterhood of humanity, and the highest calling is to take care of each other Yeah. and to be nice to each other. Um, so, and to not get caught up in things and instead of, and focus on beings, right? And focus on people yeah. and hearts instead yeah. of, that's what happens to us, I guess, is the practice, like you're saying, it's it's not the practice that creates the contention. It's the people uh, right. maybe not understanding the spirit of the practice. Exactly. And, you know, I recognize that some people are taught that um, things will not go well for those who don't believe in their particular sure. religion. Yeah. And But I believe that, if anything, then... Uh, People who hold those beliefs should be looking upon other people with compassion, exactly, as yeah. opposed to judgment. Yeah. So, and, and um, I guess, and focusing yeah. also not just on that things will go poorly for them, and yet also live the other side of the coin, which is we should love them, serve them, take care of them, sucker yeah. them, love them. I mean, do what we can to, to just to lift them up. Yeah. What do you think we do? Uh, give us some, and this might even bridge on a little bit of your legal profession and your 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 values and your your principles that you've learned through um, your religious views and celebrations. Um, how do we manage a family divided? So here you are, yeah. a daughter of a Jewish uh, family that celebrated Hanukkah, and then all of a sudden marry a man that's a Christian that brings in the Christian traditions. How do you manage the family celebrations when we're celebrating different holidays? Well, you know, first of all, uh, this is the age of premarital counseling. Yeah. So I certainly think that if there's any issues that might come up in the marriage about religious conflict, that that's something that the couple would talk about beforehand Mm -hmm. with either someone from their respective churches and temples or with a therapist, because uh, you don't want a marriage to break down over religion. Yeah. And um, so I think it's important if people are very serious practitioners of their particular religion that they 
air all this and talk about it before they get married Mm -hmm. and before they have children, because that can raise another conflict. What religion are you going to raise your, your children in? But, you know, these days there are a lot of people who identify with a religion, but not so strongly that they um, feel that it's the only way. And so mixed religious couples are really quite common these days. Yes. And so assuming that they've done this premarital thinking about it, know that it's not going to be a problem, I would suggest that they learn from each other. They share each other's traditions and see which ones the other one might be comfortable participating Uh in, and then join as a family. Um, My husband and I have uh, uh, some friends who are a young couple with a two- or three-year-old child, too, and she is Jewish, and he is Christian. I don't know what... um, Oh, I've got it backwards. He is Jewish. Hmm. See, it so doesn't matter to me. I can't keep it straight. He is Jewish, and she is uh, Baptist, I believe. And um, they celebrate both holidays. Yeah. They light the Hanukkah candles, and they have a, a Christmas tree, and their child is being raised to understand the meaning of both holidays. And there simply is no conflict for them. Mm-hmm. And as I said, if there were going to be a conflict, I would hope that that's something that comes out before they make that yeah. marital commitment. Well, and as, one, as somebody that's, I've been a divorce mediator and, and mm-hmm. done a lot of that and a, a lot of relationship coaching and, and help there as well, it's, you know, there's already a lot of things you can't change about your partner. And then you're going to eventually find out even more but right. you don't right. have to marry somebody. If it is such a big issue, bringing it out the earlier we can. A lot of times, though, we get in that yearning stage where we're all chemically charged up. Well, yeah. And, and it, they just, everything's perfect, along with the unicorn and the butterflies. And right. But the reality is, a, a reality sets in where it seems like, especially once we start having children, we kind of go back to our roots, or we go back to something that we think mm-hmm. might anchor us a little bit more. And um, right. that's what I think is so fascinating about your story, Tony, because... Uh, you've, you've been able to, it seems like, take the uh, being born into a, a Jewish family, married kind of into a Christian situation and family, and then e- evolving with your partner or, or moving with your partner to a place where you accepted and, and follow Buddhism. It seems like um, you've been able to not, you've been able to take the pieces that are valuable out of all of it. And and create a life for you that 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 seems to bring more peace. Even I know what your book that you wrote is about how to use the, a lot of these principles when dealing with a chronic illness. Yeah, the it's, book that I that I wrote, I the subtitle says it's Buddhist inspired mm-hmm. because I actually didn't intend it to only be for Buddhists. Yeah, and so many people have written to me from different faiths, saying that they found the book to be tremendously helpful. And that's partly because I don't practice, I'll just be frank, I don't practice Buddhism as a religion. You, you, like, yours Buddha, is more like a paradigm, a way of, a mindset. Uh, 
Yeah, a, a path, a spiritual path, a practical path in life. The Buddha was not um, a god. Mm-hmm. He was a human being who um, had some, who was dedicated to trying to find some answers to why it is we're so easily dissatisfied and unhappy with our lives and what the cause of that might be and what we might be able to do about it. Now, it's true that um, there are, Buddhism has broken into many different schools, the right. same way that Protestantism has. And there are some, mostly in the East, that have kind of elevated the Buddha to a godlike status. Yeah. But in the early teachings, which is what I'm interested in, that's not how it was. It was pure. It was more just principles. Yeah, a good principles to live your life by. Mm-hmm. Um, watching out for unhealthy desires that um, lead us to be unhappy because we, you know, most of us, well, all all of us can simply not have everything we want in life. Right. That's basic. And so learning how to cope with that and live with that gracefully and accepting that life will have ups and downs, and this doesn't conflict no. with any religion. And in, and in fact, my guess is that when um, people consult with their pastor or their rabbi, they get much the same yeah. advice. I think that's why it's, it's, it's so additive. And, and I think that can... That can be so helpful through these ho- the holidays as well is to, is to kind of garner some of the things you've learned, which is again why we wanted you on. Tony Bernard is joining us. She's a law professor, uh, I guess retired law professor from the yeah. University of California, <laughs> Davis. She also served, by the way, as the law school's dean of students, and um, she that's is. When I turned gray. That's when you started going gray. <laughs> Golly, I'm t- I started going gray when I started working with my coworker here, Skyler. Um, <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're talking with Tony. When we come back, she's going to teach us uh, a little bit more about how you celebrate holidays when you have so many, um, you know, when mom and dad are Jewish and your husband's Christian and you're a Buddhist. How do you put it all together? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are celebrating uh, the cornucopia of religious traditions, holidays, faiths, um, dif- different belief sets, mindsets that that seem to converge around the holiday time. Whether it's with you and your family, where you need to celebrate, you know, and sit at a table with a with people from different beliefs or value systems, you know, even you know, it could be your simple little boss has a different. Um, a different view of life or a belief in God or some that don't believe in God at all. We thought we'd bring in uh, somebody that might have some very specific insight on this. Tony Bernard is joining us. Uh, she is a retired law professor from the University of California, Davis. 
also served as the, the law school dean of students, which apparently drove all of her hair color out and uh, drove her gray. Um, she was also uh, forced to retire due to chronic illness and is the author of a book, How to Be Sick, a Buddhist-inspired guide for the chronically ill and their caregivers. She also wrote a wonderful blog on psychology today uh, called Turning Straw into Gold. And Tony Bernard is her name. Tony, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm enjoying it. You bet. This is fun, I think, for all of us. Lots of uh, lots of good learning. Now, again, for those that are just joining us, though, uh, Tony's parents were, were Jewish. So you were raised celebrating Hanukkah, and that was your great celebration at this time of year as a child. Well, yes and no. I, I was raised celebrating Hanukkah, but my parents decided that we would have a Christmas tree. Oh. Because many of my friends were Christian. Yeah. And we lived in a neighborhood that was mixed religious-wise. And this is something I wrote about in in the piece at Psychology Today that I think piqued your interest in having me on was the fact that uh, we celebrated both Hanukkah and Christmas. Yes. And so, of course, for a kid, I was in heaven. I got lots of presents. (laughs) But the interesting thing was that some of our Jewish relatives objected to our having a Christmas tree to the point where some of them wouldn't come over that time of year. Mm. We had a beautiful tree with the old bubble lights. It was a, a major event for us to get our Christmas tree. And by the same token, some of the parents of my Christian friends thought that this was inappropriate for us to be celebrating both holidays. You can't have but, it both ways, Tony. But you, but you know who didn't care? The who? kids. Yeah, no, right. The kids thought, it, my friends thought I was the luckiest kid in the neighborhood. That's great. Because I got to celebrate it all. It's the kids, so, huh? We yeah. learn from the kids. Yeah, they, they yeah. get it right. That, like, they're, what's the contention about? It's all good. Right, right. Now, it wasn't, we didn't really, we celebrated Christmas in a, in a, I guess you could say, a non-religious way. We sang songs from the Fireside Folk Songbook, that kind of yeah. thing. But it was when I got married that I actually went to my first midnight church service. Did you? Yeah, my, my, husband's parents were very active in the Unitarian Church in San Francisco. In fact, my father-in-law was the lay head of the church. Wow, yeah. So um, I joined this family that was very committed to um, their church activities and their church going. And so uh, when my husband and I then had kids of our own, we just continued that tradition of celebrating both Hanukkah and Christmas. And so my kids just think of, now they're grown and have little kids, they just think of it as the natural thing to do. Yeah. But, but you're, it's so fascinating. Um, when you sat there and looked at your, uh, your father-in-law, mother-in-law, and he was the lay leader at the Unitarian Church there, um, so they were devout. They were very strong believers. I, I could hear a lot of people out there thinking, oh, yeah, well, Tony, you know, so you just mix them all together and none of them mean anything special. But 
it can still be special, can't it? Celebrating it all. Well, the reason it's special to me is that I saw the commonality. Hmm. You, if you can, of course, look at the differences and say, well, Jews don't believe in Jesus as the Savior, and Christians don't, you know, yeah. believe in certain things that Jews believe in. But I, it's something I said right at the beginning of the show that if you. My understanding is if you look at all the religions at their very highest level, they meet. Yeah. They meet at the point of being kind to each other, taking care of each other, feeling joy for others when they're happy. Um, And so I just didn't, I never felt a conflict. And when I would go to the midnight, uh, it was a candlelight. The Unitarian Church had two services on Christmas Eve. One was, you know, at 7, but then one was at midnight, and it was a candlelight service. Oh, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And the songs are beautiful. The melody, you know, the, the songs... They may have the word Jesus in them, but sure. what are they about? Yeah, what's peace? the principle behind it? Peace on earth. Yeah. Goodwill toward men. Well, what and what else could we ask for? Right. So you can choose to dwell on the differences, or you can choose to dwell on the spirit behind these holidays, which is really celebrating the human spirit. Mm-hmm. The resilience of humans who, um, despite, you know, all we need in this country or anywhere in the world is for some disaster to strike. Exactly. And everybody comes together. Nobody, when the, the terrible bombing of the Boston Marathon, no one who rushed to help another person first said, well, are you Catholic? Yeah, what religion are you? I mentioned Catholic because it was Boston. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Are, are you Catholic? Uh, oh, okay, well, so then I'll true. help you. Nobody yeah. does that. Now, no, see, that's it. This is the, and, and again, I think you hit it, too, with the Spirit. There's just a Spirit when you get out of, you know, what it has to be and his and hers, yours and mine, and make it ours and draw a little bit bigger circle. Uh, there's such a different Spirit. we got to take a break. We're talking to Tony Bernard. Okay. Uh, I have something to add to yeah. that. We'll no, say, that. Write it down, let's yeah. remember it, and then we'll be back, and we're going to... We're going to continue this discussion about how you uh, how you celebrate the differences during the holiday season, how you draw bigger circles to let more people in instead of trying to exclude more. Um, how do you have the holidays and spirit and joy and the season that you want to celebrate with peace and joy? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. What we try to do on this program is give you the tools, a leg up to make it through this crazy thing called life. You know, we didn't come with a handbook. So uh, we all try to find our way. And what we try to do on this show is find tools that will help you with very uh, difficult everyday problems 
One is just how do we create uh, more of a, a, a unified, maybe an inviting approach to other people during the holiday seasons when we share different beliefs or we have different uh, values where we come from a different background. If you're celebrating Kwanzaa and I'm celebrating Christmas, can the two meet? How about uh, Hanukkah and Christmas? How can we make this come together instead of turning it into a bunch of holy wars over the holidays. We have uh, brought on a wonderful guest who's uh, teaching us some powerful insight. Her name is Tony Bernard. She was a law professor at the University of California, Davis, also served six years as the law school dean of students and was forced to retire due to a chronic illness and has written a book called How to Be Sick, a Buddhist-inspired guide for the chronically ill and their caregivers. She's won numerous awards on that. She also, in the way we found her, was um, from a, a blog she f- um, wrote on Psychology Today called Turning Straw into Gold. And uh, that's really what we're talking about is somehow growing up, she, was, she, she through her life, has been able to see the holidays through um, kind of a, a Dru- Jewish tradition being raised by Jewish parents who would celebrate that, who would also involve some parts of a Christmas tradition. Then when she got married, well, she was also able to celebrate the Christmas traditions and, and the, the Christian beliefs. Um, and then also eventually has also been following uh, Buddhism as kind of a life path. And so, again, Tony, welcome again. Welcome back, and thanks for teaching thanks. us. Yeah, you know, I I wanted to say that uh, before we took the break that I've been focusing on how uh, I it's the people in conflict and not the holidays and what the holidays have in in common right. at, at their highest level. But I don't I don't want to oversimplify. Mm-hmm. There may be differences. Oh yeah, and I think it's important for people to recognize that people's beliefs can be very important to them and very dear to them and to respect those differences. Yeah. And and, and the not, difference you can yeah. you can see the difference and it, it it can be a pivotal difference for you which would say this is why I would choose this way of of worshiping or thinking or but you, you can still simultaneously have your beliefs set and and love it and honor it and simultaneously still respect others, right? Yeah. And to me that means it may mean over the dinner table during conversation uh, simply agreeing to disagree. Mm-hmm. People, uh, you know, you can fight or you can agree to disagree. Right. Which to me seems so much... Of a, a much wiser and gentler, and it certainly feels better as a path. And the other part of that is that I don't think people have to take part in traditions from a religion that, that make them feel uncomfortable. Right, yeah. Uh, they hope maybe they'd like to try it once. You know, talk to your friends about, well, what, you know, what is Hanukkah about? What why are you lighting those candles? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, if it sounds, be curious. If it sounds interesting to you, maybe invite them over one night. Sure. And tell them, bring your menorah and your candles and do this and see how it feels. It might be something you want to incorporate. 
but maybe it's not, and that's fine, too. The important thing is to respect the differences and to understand that those differences or that, that the way people have grown up to celebrate the holidays, some of them have been doing it the same way their whole lifetime, right. can be kind of, can be sacred to them and to not um, criticize that mm-hmm. and not judge them, even if it doesn't... Uh, if, even if it doesn't uh, it comport with your own beliefs. Right. That's what this country was founded on, freedom of religion. <laughs> well, and imagine the, yeah. the power when it, the, it seems like you, what you'd have to have is this inner sense of self that, um, which again is what's being taught by all of the religions of the world, that, right. people, that, that people just have inherent intrinsic value and worth. And... We can agree to disagree, and I can still believe strongly in what I believe and honor and respect you, even your rights to believe what you have, and even even maintain mine and still be curious about yours. And it does it's almost yeah. it almost feels like we have to we sometimes we feel like we have to make a choice. Like if I understand your religion too much, I guess I might be swayed and leave my religion, but there's value and power in in all of us understanding the religions and what they bring to the world. There, yeah, there's no reason to feel threatened by any other religion because, in the end, you have your your heart and your mind will tell you what to do, what's right for you, what's comfortable for you, and some often that involves being sensitive to the people around you, but um, you're not obligated to take part in. You know, if I had gone to that first candlelight service and mm-hmm. and felt really uncomfortable i don't i don't think my husband's family would have insisted i go back right. the next year they would have said well okay we're going and you stay and you know yeah watch something on television but you and, won't go to heaven yeah um, if you want to stay <laughs> well, and not go to heaven that's fine but see well, they, they wouldn't I have judged hope, you that way yeah. see what i hope is that if they're thinking that they're not going to say that mm-hmm. to me and that if they're thinking that, instead of judging me, they'll feel compassion for me. Yep. Which is, I guess, religion lived, right? That's the essence of the spirit of all of these faiths and beliefs is, I can still love you. Yes, I can still love you. Love transcends our individual beliefs and... Are, and the rituals that we're attached to and the traditions we're attached to, love transcends all of that. Hmm. And um, sometimes we have to work at it. You know, there's, we all have a tendency sometimes to just shut down around our opinions. Yeah. We hold dear to our opinions and our views. I certainly still do myself sure but i've learned to it's almost a mindfulness type practice i've learned to see when i'm doing that most of the time yeah yeah i say oh i'm i'm clinging to that view well maybe i should see what this other person is really talking about Mm -hmm. maybe there's a lot more truth to it than i than i'm seeing um it's very it's very freeing to not 
cling to views and to be open to what other people are doing in life. Right. And it, it enriches your life. Well, and that, that doesn't even have to be like a major even religious difference either. That could just be, oh, yeah, my wife's a tightwad at this time of year, and all she worries about is money. And the other ones, oh, the only belief you have about your partner is that all they'll do is spend us into the poorhouse. But we can right. suspend those ideas too, can't we? Absolutely. Because, you know, maybe your wife is that way because as a child, the family was very, very poor. Yeah, And so, uh, you know, a lot of people who are miserly about money, you can trace that back to a time in their life when they had to be. Right. So rather than judging them for it, be curious. Talk to them. Find out, you know, where that comes from. And just even helping them realize that themselves may loosen them up a Mm -hmm. bit. And um, And may soften you as you hear their story about how they didn't have money growing up. And that might create that compassion you're talking about. Yeah. You know, there's always a reason for why people are the way they are. Um, It's not always easy to find that reason. And sometimes it's painful. But rather than judge, rather than we tend to, and I do it too, just jump right into the judgment. Yeah. I try to remember, oh, wait, there's obviously more going on here. There's always more going on here. How many times have you been wrong about the, your judgment of somebody? Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it happens to me all the time. Totally. And so just recognizing that and knowing that, that people have the, the, some of their closed attitudes about the holidays may come from their upbringing, their mm-hmm. conditioning from parents who said, this is the only way. Yeah. And it just hasn't occurred to them to, to open to the fact that not everyone need have the same beliefs. And it just may not have occurred to them. Yeah, it's so not, yeah, it, it's it's not, not even fault. a thought yet, is it? Right? Yeah, it, it's not it, your fault. Yeah. Talk about um, what does your holiday look like now? I mean, so you, you had the mix of the, well, my, the, you've already had a, yeah. a Jew, Jewish Christian kind of mix growing up, right. then kind of a more Christian, and now Buddhism. What does it look like now? Well, my holiday now is driven very much, unfortunately, I suppose we could say, by the fact that I do have a chronic illness. I, I contracted a viral infection mm. a dozen years ago that I never recovered from, and I mostly housebound. And our children live in different cities. I I can't resist telling you this, Matt, because it's such a coincidence. I got the call to be on your show. Um, BYU Television has this wonderful show called Granite Flats. Yeah. Have you been watching that? Malia, the the girl who plays Madeline. Yes. Malia Tyler. Yeah. She's my granddaughter. How's <laughs> is, that for a coincidence? That is totally a coincidence. How really? neat. So you've been watching it just to see your granddaughter. Oh, we watch it over and over. As a matter of <laughs> fact, my husband has um, made two trips to the set oh, yeah. in Utah during filming because he and Malia are very, very close. Neat. Malia is almost 13. And 
uh, her mother is our daughter. How beautiful. <laughs> and we track yeah. you down through psychology today. Without and then, knowing that's that. That's fantastic. There'd be no reason for you to know that. But so, by the way, let me just, because yeah. to me that's that's very symbolic of the fact that we're all connected. And so, really? and and symbolically, we find you an expert on this subject. Not a, You're not LDS. You're not of the same faith. But you write this wonderful article, Turning Straw into Gold. And... Um, and, and meanwhile, we're already still connected some other way. I think that's all humanity. I thought that was just so wonderful that's when beautiful. I got the email asking about the radio show. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're about to go back and finish the second season. Yeah. They filmed half no, the No, it's a big deal here. They love how that's turning out. Yeah, it's wonderful. And it's been a wonderful experience for my my daughter and granddaughter and then the, the, their father comes when he can on the weekends because they live in los angeles oh, so, so they have to so commute to to go watch her work yeah that's she beautiful. has to be homeschooled at the moment yeah. but it's been worth it oh, because that's everyone there is so wonderful yeah so, it's a anyway. great crew yeah so my christmas my my holidays we light the hanukkah candles but i but at christmas time it's just my husband and me and a couple friends in our town, we live in Davis, mm-hmm. who don't have family. And they come to our house because I don't, I'm not able to travel. Right. And our daughter, Malia's mother, uh-huh. she and her family have created their own Christmas traditions at their house in Los Angeles. And we would be welcome to come, but I can't. Yeah. And so, and my son, I have also a son, they traditionally go to his in-laws for Christmas, and they live in Escondido, which is near San Diego. Yes, yeah, so you're kind of all so, over the place. So what do I do for Christmas? My husband and I have a quiet day, yep. and he cooks a wonderful dinner. And you know what I do is I practice, I just try to feel joy for my kids and their families and the wonderful time that they're having. And you know, if you um, practice being happy for others, even though you can't participate, that kind of That's come a lot. back to you, almost as if you're there uh-huh. and they're celebrating for you. And so it was very hard at first, but I've learned to be okay with not being with my children on Christmas because I know they're having a wonderful time. That's that's that mindfulness again. And again, so much of what you've taught us, it just comes back to, um, you know, you be, you bring the spirit. It's, it's not always the things Mm -hmm. and everything else around us. It's, it's the, it's the, the spirit of using our mind to think about others, to serve others. Tony, one more question and then we got to go, but if, if you had to give us one thing, the one thing you would suggest to people that are that are found themselves trying to celebrate two or three different, you know, belief sets, value systems, religions, and trying to integrate these in their lives, whether at holidays or in their families, what what's the overall principle you think you'd you'd suggest? The governing one, your your top of mind. Well, top of mind for me is that the holidays are about generosity and giving and looking out for others and it doesn't matter what religion you belong to 
and it, even if you belong to no religion, those are human values that unite all of us in the holiday spirit. And that's why if someone wants to wish me a Merry Christmas, oh, I love it. Yeah. Because I know that at this higher level, what we're wishing for each other is that we be well and that we be happy and that we take care of each other. Beautiful. Tony Bernard, we wish you the very best. Happy holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, Christmas, all of it. Uh, it And uh, we'll keep watching Malia as well. Wonderful. On BYU television. So appreciate it. Um, again, go check out Tony's website, uh, TonyBernard.com, and, and her, her book, uh, How to Be Sick, a Buddhist-inspired guide for the chronically ill and their caregivers. Wonderful principles, generosity, giving. That's what the season's about. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, and uh, happy holidays to you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We are, uh, you know, working today, trying to figure out how you manage all the holiday traditions, how you don't take offense to other people's religious traditions, trying to understand them a little bit better. But there's one tradition that no matter what happens, you just got to keep this one, because this involves uh, a cute little uh, chubby man in a red suit. And Skyboy likes to say that's me, which is rude, uh, which is why we're getting rid of him today. How is comparing Santa Claus rude to you? Santa Claus is a good guy. I would definitely take that as a compliment. He's jolly. (laughs) Keep going. He's got healthy proportions to his physique. Yeah. (laughs) He likes cookies. I like who doesn't like cookies. According to some people, he's a stalker. He's a total creepy yep. stalker it's at Matt. times because he sneaks in. He ha- he has a lot of kids sitting on his lap, his knee. Again, sounds just like you. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> Hannah Montana's here, and she has been um, researching the interweb to find out reasons why we should like Santa. Is that the idea? Well, so there is this magical website where people debate about whether or not lots of random topics, but one of them is about Santa Claus and whether or not you should believe in Santa Claus. I believe that most people think you should believe in Santa Claus. You should totally believe in Santa Claus. You're crazy not to. I believe that as well. And so, you know, I was reading through the why you should believe in Santa Claus comments. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's that's how I feel. And then I started reading through (laughs) the why you shouldn't believe in Santa Claus. And so it's It's logic. Let's see. Okay. Because it's lies and bondage. Most people don't know this, but he was created by Coca-Cola to increase sales in the winter. He is nothing more than an object to keep us under the bondage of our oppressors. The one who keeps us in debt. The one who keeps us working just to give our money back to them. Right. So who doesn't want that? Yeah. He is nothing more than a publicity stunt, and it worked great. Stay blind, my allies. (laughs) So, okay. I love Coke. Yeah, me too. I love Get Coke. off my back. Santa's here to stay. Well, and does, by the way, that's Coke not true. That's, that's what people say, but that, it didn't really start with yeah, that, that's, Santa. that's a lie. Santa's been around. I like he was like, Coke. most people don't know this, but Coke. It's like, actually, yeah. 
Saint See, Nick. that's a conspiracy. It's that's historical. a government conspiracy. That's a far right or far left conspiracy. <laughs> Let's be real. We know Santa was predating Coca-Cola. This uh, this next one, I actually had to kind of. He was a, he was he was predating Wassel. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Let's just get that straight. Santa rocks. Okay, let's give us more. More um, reasons to believe in Santa. This one I had to really not believe. decipher because this kid cannot spell. Um, uh, does it say Skyboy? He spelled lie, L-Y-E, yeah, and yeah. Bruins. He spelled Bruins, R-U-E-N-S. Okay. What Anyways, does he say, though? So it's a lie. I'm 16, and it ruins Christmas every year. And also, he would be in jail. If he was real, he'd just be stalking people. How can I trust Santa? He's so bad. He's not a stalker, and he's not in jail because he moves like the wind. He has fairy dust that gets him in and out of places. He goes into the house. I don't think he goes creeping into people's rooms. Yeah, I know. He gives you presents. Well, and it's funny because if I actually was reading this like it was written— it's, I believe it's a lie. I'm 16. It ruins Christmas every a year and also would be in jail by no if he was Ral stoking people. How ha can I trust Okay, Santa? see, but that's the point. This is a kid doing that on, he's texting. Yeah, he's texting. That's obvious texting um, with a bad spell checker. Yeah. And he, so he, he doesn't know. I, again, having lived many, many decades... I know he's real. I even as a child, I saw sleigh marks on my roof and ho- hoof prints. You were even before Coke, weren't you? Before who? Coca Cola <laughs> and Wassel. <laughs> anyway, we're going to keep going and ignore the guy talking. Okay. This one I thought was really actually stupid. It says doesn't encourage children to be creative or imaginative. Are you kidding? Yeah, he said you're he's trying like, to imagine. He's like imagination comes from making up your own ideas. It's oh, like, great! Really? Yeah. I mean, My it's Santa Claus. What causes like more imagination than like yeah. Santa Claus and reindeers and tons of it? And... Right. Okay, that's crazy. It's real. We know it's real. Give us one more. One more. Um, okay. Parents cannot be trusted. No, that's true. If they lied about this, what else are they lying about? The Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, Cupid, the truth about Thanksgiving. The list goes on and on. When I confronted my mother, she was shocked that I still believed and confirmed my classmates. I cried all weekend. That was the beginning of the death of innocence in me and the birth of cynicism and skepticism. These people are very, very dark. (laughs) Santa Claus is awesome. We know. Let's just just close the deal. And again, just remember two things. A, I have a doctorate. So I know these things. B, this is the Matt Townsend show. Santa's real. Okay? He's the real deal. I promise. The jammies you will receive on Christmas Eve, they are from Santa's little shop. The toys that Sky plays with in his backpack when he's sitting on the bus, <laughs> they're all real. He's the real deal. Don't badmouth him. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're going to discuss another book of uh, just Christian values around Christmas time written by a friend of mine. Ron Zarbach will be joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. back everybody to the matt townsend show we're uh, coming up on the home stretch now a half hour before skyboy gets to fly off into the you know into the 
I guess the gray, wet, cold skies to Chicago and Iowa to start the holiday season. We're joined right now by a good friend of mine. Uh, Ron Zarbach is joining us. He is the author of a book, Receiving Christmas, A Different Look at Christmas. But uh, the what uh, Ron's, you know, it's interesting. Ron's not necessarily an author. He's written a book, but he, he's been, he's run a plumbing business. Yeah, I did that for 20 years. Well, plumbing supplies. Supplies. Then you sold that off. Now, what are you doing? I, I own a staffing and recruiting company. Yeah. So find jobs for people. And a better job for people. Eight kids in a blended family between the two of you, your wife and you, eight kids, and two grandkidlets, graduate of the University of Utah. What on earth would make you write a book? A Christmas book of all things. You know, I um, used to do a lot of humanitarian work. I'd love to go travel and go, uh, like, I went to Peru and we'd build, like, bathrooms for Uh people, plumbing, bathrooms, get it? There you go, yeah. And way up into the mountains of the Andes. And uh, I just, it gave me so much joy to help and serve people like that. And, you know, I realized that I was getting, it took me a while, like four or five years, and I did this in lots of places in the world that I was getting more out of it than, than they were getting. Right. And I was thinking that I was giving more, but I was actually receiving more from them than, than I was giving out. I was just building a bathroom. They were giving me this great you know, feeling. Yeah. But you were, you were like in your head, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change their lives. I'm going to bring in facilities. They're going to finally be able to know what a great toilet feels like. <laughs> I guess. Exactly. And yet, you, yeah, yeah, that flushes. And yet, you walk away actually being more fulfilled, more fed, or every bit as much fed and fulfilled. Exactly. And, and then I started collecting stories. I was collecting stories of people helping people. And just because I wanted to motivate people to, you know, when you're helping people and connecting with people, it's, you, you just feel a lot right. better about And that's about, the book. Yeah, and and then yeah, I ran into one particular story about a little infant boy who who got a heart transplant, and I was getting stories of people helping people right. with giving their their heart, you know, yeah. of their child to someone else. Oh wow! And uh, that's the book. That's where it started. And you, your heart. I mean, this is fascinating because with eight kids, two grandkids, you know, you know how tender that is. But imagine losing a child. And then imagine giving the – I mean, I guess that's, that brings hope. All of a sudden, the loss, you've got something you can turn it into. Uh, exactly. Like losing – once you've lost a child, I think people – or even a hard thing happens to you. You tend to like get into yourself and not worry about people around you. Right. And the only way to get out of it is to start thinking about other people and receiving – like for instance, receiving love or or – resources from others mm-hmm. that's when you start to heal from from something like a, a child dying yeah. and, and, and you got to let it in don't you yeah that, i guess that's one of the problems is we don't let it in we're we're not i mean we're we're a really good it seems like country that's we're very effective at taking we're very effective at giving maybe conditionally or even sometimes unconditionally but the idea of receiving even help some people you can't help to save their life. They won't let you in. Um, I agree. I mean, receiving, it's sort of like if I need to receive, that means I might be less than you, so you're giving me something that I'm receiving. 
but it really has nothing to do with being less than or greater than. Right. In fact, comparison, I think, is a bad thing to do. Yeah. There's, there's no point in comparison, and it talks about that in the book. That's one of the things we kind of do naturally, though, isn't it? We compare. We, we want to – even if we don't mean to, we kind of want to know where we fit. So we're either ahead or behind. But that seems like it creates a major problem because then I'm either better than you. In fact, C.S. Lewis talked about that. It's not that we want – a lot of money. We just want to know we have more than our neighbors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, we don't have to have a ton of money, but as long as we have more than others, the minute someone else has more, we start to tighten up and. Uh, uh, and that, well, that is, which brings in the next issue, which is competition. Yeah. You know, competition is great in sports and games, but in real life, it's just doesn't do very, doesn't service in any way. And that's why the book called is Receiving, which takes comparison and competition completely out of the picture and just opens ourselves up to receiving, receiving others and receiving ourselves in, in such a different way. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's a little bit about the book. You you bring it, you break it down, though, um into receive yourself and then receiving others. Why do you what what do you like what do you mean like what do I need to do about receiving myself? What have I So I think one thing in the book it starts out by talking about um just like we're all a perfect creation of God. And and if you need to know what that means, look at a little baby that was just born. Oh yeah. It's a Flawless. perfect creation of God, and we all are—we have our own unique talents and opportunities in life, and we're perfectly created. In fact, Michelangelo, when he said this in the book, he said, how do you create such perfect pieces of work? And he said, I don't create them. God created them, and my job is to, is to knock away the marble, the pieces of marble, until they're showing. Yeah. And that's what we need to do with ourselves is like we're all already perfect in God's eyes. And in, in all we need to do is sort of like knock away the, the, the burdens that we have yeah. and receive ourselves and accept ourselves as perfect creations of God. And that's, that's basically receiving ourselves. It seems like if I, if I do receive myself and, and truly believe that I'm great in the eyes of God, it doesn't um, – I, I guess that would – that would foster a sense of probably humility, yes. Not just not arrogance. So it's maybe maybe that's part of the problem is if we don't believe that spiritually, or or if we don't have that in our essence of who we are that that we're that great, then then it seems like our mind or our ego makes up a story that makes me have to put everyone else down to be great. Where if I can, if I can just recognize I'm great, then I can go out and receive others and see that they're great too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone can be great. It's okay. Yeah. And and that's in fact, I think the way God sees us is everyone is great. Yeah. And He just wants us all to see it for ourselves. And if and if we can see it for ourselves, and and see it for others, you know, that's when even at Christmas time, it, it sort of creates even more of this this idea that. That I'm not enough. I need to do more. Yeah. Oh, uh, we've got the neighbors are spending more than we are. The neighbors' houses are more lit up than ours. Yeah. And there is, yeah. There's a quote. There's a chapter in there called the noise, uh-huh. and which it talks about Christmas noise. And in fact, there's another C.S. Lewis quote in there about screw tape. Uh-huh. And screw tape's job. He's just one of the servants of of of. Lucifer. Yeah. His job is to just make noise. And if he can just make noise, 
then he will distract us from our true goal that's and our true great. selves and yeah. get us going the other way. And uh, There's that's, a ton of noise at Christmas, isn't there? And then Christmas time is the time of noise. That's yeah. true. Isn't that funny? And it's supposed to be that quiet, comforting, joy, peaceful moment, but there's a lot of hectic noise being made. Screwtape's doing his job. Yeah, he's good. He's you know where I, 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 I went to Israel once with my wife. It was kind of our honeymoon. It was a, it was a delayed honeymoon. Um, and we were in the shepherd's fields watching, looking over Bethlehem, mm-hmm. and it starts to snow. And it hardly snows in Jerusalem or in Israel. And it starts snowing, and we have, we have, and it's Christmas Eve. So we're watching at Christmas Eve, and there was the most incredible calm. Oh, that that would be beautiful, yeah. And then we just did our – we acted out our own Christmas scene with our tour group that was there. And anyway, uh, but we have to almost create the – you have to eliminate the noise. You have to know that things are competing for your heart and your mind and your spirit. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you'll get sucked in. Well, and, and I think that's the whole point of this book is I, I created a way – uh, a method. It's five principles yeah. of receiving. Okay, what are they? And and it's through a little boy who received this heart. So I want to tell you how he received his heart. Okay, and that explains the five principles. And uh, this little boy named Riley. He was an infant child, and he was born with a bad heart. And we he didn't know. No one knew about his heart until he until he was born. And once he was separated from his mother, then the problem of his heart came to life. Hmm. And the first principle of of this separation or this this quiet or calmness I call is the first principle of receiving is get clear. So in order for him to know that he needed a new heart, he had to get clear and separate from his his mother. Yeah, and the his, noise. Yeah, then his parents then had to also, you know, listen to look at the situation, assess it, look at their their ideas, and you know, go and talk about it and figure it out. Right. And this is this is what I call get clear. Okay. That's the first step. And that's so that's all of us too at Christmas. Get clear of the noise. Go focus on what's in, I mean, dig down deeper but get rid of all the minutia. Yeah, and uh, to receive. Yeah. And the second the second step of of Riley was he had to then the, his, him and his parents had to act. So they decided that they wanted to do a heart transplant for him. And when you do a heart transplant, you have just a small window of opportunity to act to get that heart oh, because yeah. once one is available, you got to take it. You have to be there in forty-five minutes, and or or you lo- lose that opportunity. Oh man! So once you decide on what you need to do, you have to act and be willing to act and act quickly, immediately. Right. Powerful. The next step is then open up. Now with Riley, they had to cut into his tiny body and open up his his chest and yeah. put in, take out his heart and put in a new heart and that's a painful and vulnerable moment for him with infection and, yeah. and pain and that's the opening that's the third step and that's all of us up. though right we have to open up and be willing to be vulnerable be willing to suffer some pain it's all metaphor i yeah. mean really if you want to look at yourself you have to be willing to accept that you're going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. 
You know, there's the things about you that are going to make you uncomfortable when you really get real to receive yourself. It's powerful because it seems like when we're younger or like teens, 20s, that we, we're so strong we, we don't think we need the help. But then as we get older and our body's wearing down, as, as Skyboy keeps reminding me um, <laughs> about my body, and eventually when we're old enough, we're, we're going to have to be vulnerable again. I mean, so it's like life's going to take you on this journey, or Riley's example, your health can take you there instantly to this spirit of receiving, if you'll let it. Yeah, I th- that's true. I mean, this is, all, this is all a metaphor, so we all have to open up and act in, yeah. in, in our own way. Right. And then once, once, once that heart was in his body and he was opened up, you know, by the way, the, the heart wasn't a perfect heart. It was too big for him. Came from an over, older child because he was only a couple of weeks old. Mm. But it worked. Yeah. And anyway, so the next, the next step would be then to connect. So the heart was connected. The veins, the arteries, the nerves, everything yeah. was connected. So then the heart was working with the body. And which is the next step is we need to connect, whether sure. it connect to ourselves, connect to others. And that's the next step of it's receiving. powerful. Wow. What's the fifth step? And the fifth step is accept. Accept. So once that heart, which I mentioned was yeah. imperfect for him, was in his body, he, that body needed to accept that yeah, gift. It could have rejected it and lost yeah, everything. As a foreign, foreign object and died, but it needed to accept it. And the good thing about this is once it accepts it, it does not have to go back Years later and say, well, did I accept this? No, you've accepted it. It's done. It's over. And you're done accepting. That's the neat thing, I guess, about the body is that it does – the mind is what keeps us doing, right? Yeah. We keep thinking and rethinking and rethinking. I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know. I don't know. I mean in the the way that – so those are the five steps of receiving. Get clear, act, open up, connect, and accept. Exactly. Powerful. What – What's your goal? Like, what, wh- why a book? Why are you wanting people to receive? What is it that? Why is that your message for Christmas? I think you know during Christmas time, it is really a time for me that, that I've. It just is a kind when I see disconnection mm-hmm. and just too much. There's just just too much, too big, and it's a time for disconnection and. There's and it becomes it's because of the competition. Right. You know, there's also a, a a chapter in there called the noise I mentioned, and one called the race. It talks about how marketers are so good at finding out what what our our self, you know, our, our insecurities are, so they can market and get us to buy more things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just like we don't need to worry about buying more things if we can just focus on accepting and connecting with. Others, that's the true meaning and, and, of Christmas. And opening up and doing something, not just sitting home. I mean, yeah. that's powerful. Just acting. And, and it really, I mean, it just makes Christmas time a more accepting and giving time. And then the last chapter in the book is called The Gift. Hmm. And what it, what it talks about is, is people who have gone through hard things that then went back and and gave simple gifts. Yeah. And it's to me more of a true giving. It's not buying, Mm-mm. it's giving. It's, it's it, it, that's different. I guess that's where you're really extending your heart, your spirit, your vulnerability. I mean, you it's one thing to give a present because it was on a list and yeah, you're that age so I'll give you that present. It's another to be so into somebody. And sometimes the riskiest gifts are the best gifts, right? 
Yeah, you know, another thing I mentioned too is like the most important people that we give to are really the people that we can actually completely disconnect from, which is our family, our spouse, our yeah. parents, our children, our in-laws. I mean, those are our tightest knit group yeah. and we actually disconnect from them a lot. It's like we disconnect from the inside out, don't we? They're the, they're in our tightest inner circle, but those are the ones we pay least attention to. Yeah. We pay more attention to everyone on the outer circles. Uh, you know, it reminds me even in the story of the Christ child. I mean, he was born he didn't have a perfect family. Mm-mm. You know, the father was, uh, who, you know, Joseph, the yeah. father, was he the father of right, the Christ? Right. I no, mean, that, so there's this disconnect already, huh? You know, and then, and then Jesus was like running off into the temple. Yeah. You know, his mother and parents were looking for him. So he was off right. doing things. So it's, it's like, I think that us connecting to our close people, the people we are intimate with, is is a really important part that's of huge. Christmas. It's also – that's a great metaphor too just about Christ's life because he was clear about who he was. He acted. He was open. He connected. He accepted. Yeah, and there is one called the example, which is Christ's way of doing these five points of receiving. What a great book. Now, um, how do they get it? How do our listeners get the book? Probably the best way to get the book is uh, going to receivingchristmas.com. There you go. So if you go on to receivingchristmas.com, you can buy a book online. Uh, we'll, uh, you can get an ebook, or you can uh, have it mailed to you. And this isn't this isn't a big book. This is a book you could read with your family. You know, a couple like a chapter a night. It's eighty pages. Yeah. You know, like I say, I'm not an author. I'm just a a, a guy. And well, so it's not written at like a very, you know, highest great. level of <laughs> No, it's it's a good book. And and there's there's just great little principles in there. So you're going to take away principles, which is what you're leaving, right? Yeah, I you know, one of the things that that I'm trying to build is a is a community of receiving of people that are receiving and connecting to others. So, you know, you actually you can go on Facebook and go to receiving Christmas like it and post and what you're going to do. ideas and sh- what you, how you've received things or what you've been given. Yeah. How can you be more of a receiver? How Love can that. you focus on receiving? I mean, it talks more about receiving a lot more in the Bible than it does talk about giving. Isn't that amazing? And Christ is teaching us more about receiving yeah. than giving. So. Ron Zarbach, check out the book. Receiving Christmas is the name of the book. And if you go to receivingchristmas.com or look them up on Facebook, Receiving Christmas. Yep. And uh, become a member of that community on receiving. Really, if it's, it is about giving, but if everyone's giving and no one's receiving, then it's really about receiving. Good stuff. Ron Zarbach, thanks for joining us. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks, Matt. I appreciate being on the show. Take care of your eight kids for crying out loud. Gosh. Yeah. My wife does that. I know. She I know. She's a superstar. We'll be right back wrapping up the show. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Hoedown, wrapping up the show here uh, about Christmas, holidays, traditions, all that jazz. But here's the deal, deal. We're losing two of our wonderful kidlets. Uh, we're not going to make a big deal about it. Sky's already been crying all day. And if I have to, you know, hold him another minute, um, it's not going to work. I just so. love it when you hold me, Matt. Anyway. Your, your shirt is getting <laughs> sopping wet. That's why I'm wearing tears. my coat, because it's waterproof. Um 
But we do want to wrap up the show. We're not, we're not going to do anything special for Sky. <laughs> um, and it's not because we don't love him. It's because Sky's – there's a really good chance. In fact, Sky promised me that he's going to come back to the show in a, in, the, in, a, in a semester and he'll be back on the show for another year. He promised – he said he – I don't, he I don't would, know if that's hey, true. Hey, hey, hey. Don't, but, don't interrupt me. Okay, sorry. And um, – but, but Bryce isn't. Bryce has to move on to the big world where people have jobs, Sky. And so – Well, some people have jobs. I don't know if you've right. paid attention to the state of the world right. at the moment. Yeah. Sorry. You won't have it. But you're, you've got us and we have jobs. So here's the deal. We put together a, – a, a, we didn't. Um, Colonel Rob Sanders put together a, a compilation of just a few bits of Bryce's greatest rants. I am testing the mic. The first impression is probably my least favorite part of social interaction. There I am staring down the barrel of another dreadful year in the public school system. Let's say you've lost your dancing shoes. America has decided to celebrate everything with overeating. I'm going to share personal details about my spouse. If you're going to rewire your brain, a good place to start is with your habits. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I see a lot of problems coming from being too extreme. My car has been hit before but never on the road. Change is dumb. It's scary. And normally this is the point where I give up and praise the heavens that I don't have any children of my own. Bipolar disorder is weird. How often do your harmless conflicts stay on topic? So these kids don't want to work, huh? Well, get ready, because you're missing the awful middle portion of that whole ordeal. I feel like we're losing what little emotional intelligence we've had, but let's think about this more realistically. If I were to somehow get an extra $200, or let's say a million dollars, they would essentially have the same effect on my life. Things will go wrong eventually. Boy, do I have some thoughts on that? Who dropped the ball on communicating stress? Thanksgiving this year sure was fun, right? While they argue the hot water has been depleted and the other eight people who needed to shower now get to choose between either a nice cold shower or getting to stay nice and grimy for a few more hours. Did you commit a food crime over Thanksgiving? Hey, it's good to support your kids, right? Well, of course it is. All I wanted was a burger. You want to know what's worse than watching a pointless argument? Watching politics. Oh, no, wait. That is watching a pointless argument. I try to stay out of literary circles. It's just not my bag. And if I'm not sure about something, I'm not going to do it. Story time. I was a gangly little high school kid living in Dallas when Hurricane Katrina hit. You want to know what's worse than a competition? Pointless competition. Yet anytime I go to a buffet with guys, there's always the empty plate counting at the end of the night. Healthy marriages are cool and all, but after spending some time on the internet, here's a few great ways to mess up a marriage. So you're getting remarried. Maybe your sudden singleness was due to an unfortunate tragedy. Or maybe the last marriage was the real tragedy. Inheritance would have been pretty cool way back when. I heard about the silliest thing yesterday. Non-sexual intimacy? What is this malarkey? I don't want to smile. I'm tired. Online dating. You're doing it wrong. You are not psychologists. Because for some reason, there's always a few students who seem to think that they have the equivalent of a bachelor's, master's, PhD, and postdoctorate degrees, as well as a license to practice after their first week. I'm sure at some point or another, we've all been exposed to a personality test. They've all been wrong. Who needs financial independence? Living below the poverty line is the best. Hey, I've got a terrifying thought to share with you. I'm not going to lie to you. I love procrastination. Isn't it nice to get together for a traditional Christmas? You can't always date a winner, right? The question is, can you really work with your spouse? And the bad news, the more time you've spent around married people, I think the harder it is to really come up with an answer to that question. Among my peers, I'm convinced that every single one of them is bad at relationships. I am... I'm approaching my last semester of college. The real world is waiting for me on the other side of graduation, and it has a merciless thirst for paychecks. All right, I'm out. 
And remember, don't forget to be awesome. There it is. Beautiful. That is a career in three minutes. That was fantastic. And we didn't think we had something for Skyboy, but we did. You could hear him playing on the guitar. Guitar in the background. Don't stop believing. That was beautiful. At least the air guitar. Uh, Well, we love you guys. We're going to miss you, but we know you're not going far. So we're not going to shed a tear. In fact, many of us will laugh as you walk out the door. Joke's on you. I'm going to space. Okay. Oh, that's right. Did you get elected to be that one guy going to Mars? We'll see what happens. Good luck with that. The application's still in. Hey, folks, remember this. He who has not Christmas in his heart will never find it under a tree. Let's get the spirit. Let's get it in our heart. Let's remember. Life is about uh, people. It's about love. It's not always about the things. We're losing two things today. And, uh, you know, we still love them. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back. Uh, Have a very, very Merry Christmas. And uh, be back with more tools looking for the good in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Thank you.